name is Shyla Warren, and I'm here with Abigail Hoyt, and we are here talking with Sergeant Johnita Harris with the Kansas City Police Department. Welcome, Welcome to, to All Girls Considered, a podcast dedicated to tell the stories of inspiring women and girls. Let's get started. What made you want to be a police officer? Mine was not as traditional as uh, a lot of other people that may be on the police department or those who are aspiring to be police officers. I actually um, became interested in law enforcement after having been married, and then there were some issues there. And I was originally in school, so I was in school to be an epidemiologist, and I was a biology major. Um, This is kind of going into real detail, but it's the honest-to-goodness truth. Um, Looking for a a job and, and a career that was going to take care of my sons. I have three sons. Um, And so being in a bad situation, needing a way out of that situation and having to plan to get out of um, an abusive relationship, I chose after a long conversation with my father who took me to about 19th in Indiana. And he showed me some boys that were sitting there on the corner. And unfortunately, they they were selling dope. And he told me, he said, well, Janita, you know, you can do anything that you want to do, and you can be anything that you want to be after a, after a series of questions in terms of um, how do the boys get there. And I was like, I, they made decisions, and he asked me, he said, well, were there decisions that parents could have made to prohibit them from being in this situation? And I said, absolutely, absolutely. And he said, what about moms? And I said, sure, absolutely, I would, I would say so. And that's when he goes on to say, well, Janita, you can do anything and you can be anything that you want to be, but if you don't make a decision um, about this relationship, that could very well be your son's on the corner. And uh, there he says, well, you can even be a police officer. And that is how I ended up um, on the police force. I um, maybe a few months after that took the test and and got in, and uh, it's been great ever since. I've been on almost... 15 years. Um, Have you experienced any difficulties being a female black police officer? Um, Well, you know, it is a male-dominated environment, and so you're going to run into some of those um, issues in terms of having to be a little bit more assertive, not necessarily aggressive, but assertive. And so those are some issues uh, from time to time. I think overall the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department has done a pretty good job of trying to address um, diversity, whether it be uh, gender or, or race and, and culture. But there, there, there tend to be some issues from time to time. But usually if, when you speak up and you address those issues and you stand your ground, usually you're going to be fine. And on top of that, there are other women that do assist in mentoring on the job. So I found mentorship in several women who were in command positions. Um, and I'll name a few of them. They're really awesome women. Um, there was retired deputy chief... Um, and I'm losing her name now, <laughs> Cheryl Rose. Um, she's the one that really kind of taught me to, to, to get out there and to stand, stand your ground, and make decisions based on policies and procedures. So anytime you get into any field, whether it be in law enforcement or you're going into the corporate world, it's very important to know what the policies and procedures are of that particular organization. So Major Mazzucato, she taught me how to, you can still, um, you see, I have nail polish and I dress a little. She, you can still have that and, and, and do your job and do it well. Um, Major Houston taught me how to um, see people as people. And especially when it comes to, um, if it's mentoring or as a sergeant, I'm over people. Um, you don't just have an obligation to tell them what to do and how to get it done. You have an obligation to see them as another human being. So, yeah. Hopefully that answered your question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is your job stressful? Um, if so, how do you handle it? 
Oh, man. It has great moments of huge stress, yes. Yes, it does, because you're putting yourself in harm's way. And it's not, it's not for bad reasons, it's for a good reason. That's what you have signed up to do. You've signed up to protect and to serve and to put yourself, um, as what I would say, like kind of interceding for people, if you want to call it that. So there are moments of stress when you are on a, conference, on a call that is, there's a shooting and there's a child that has been shot and killed. And so you're having to deal with that scene, that crime scene. You're having to deal with crying parents and you're dealing with neighbors that are coming out. Um, sometimes you're dealing with the upset community because they don't know why and they don't and they're looking at the police to be the sole answer and, and and you just can't be all of that. So it does definitely have moments of stress. Um, but in order to deal with that, I would say have something outside of law enforcement, um, an outlet, you know, have friends that not are just on the police department, but outside the police department. So you're not constantly talking about police work a lot of times. Um, officers, that's they kind of get enveloped in that. That's all they know. Um, and I don't think that that's good for your mental state or for your emotional state. So um, have something outside of that. Have friends outside of that. Take on hobbies um, and enjoy yourself. And then also realize that you can only do so much. Um, you know, those A-type personalities, that kind of goes back to um, difficulties being a female and being a black female on the job. Oh, man, they clash consistently. Most most officers, they have that A-type personality, that aggressive personality, so so it's there. Um, but, but nonetheless, find an outlet. I had to learn how to do this, right? So when I was telling you that I became, uh, I got interested in law enforcement by way of that conversation because I was in an abusive marriage, right? And so it was a long road just to go from being there um, and then leaving with what I had, I had my kids and I left with just what I could gather my, that was it, I didn't have anything. So I literally had to start over. So um, at that point in time, I, I was just, I was just working a lot. There were really no outlets, to be honest with you. Um, and the stress levels got really bad. So I'm telling you from experience in terms of having an outlet so that you, you don't make mistakes on the job, you don't make mistakes with your family and stuff like that. Uh, what I had to learn how to do is let some stuff go. Every everything doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, everything doesn't have to involve the job or the people um, that are on your job. Um, and what I did to get back to answer your question directly, um, I started getting more involved with my church. I mean, I'd always been in church. My dad was in ministry since the time I was young. But you kind of pull away from that when you're going through stuff sometimes instead of running towards it. Uh, so I got back involved with um, the church and women's ministry. So I'm head over women's ministry at the church. Um, I like to read, and I'm getting ready to take up pottery. I think that's the coolest thing. And I think I don't know if it's because I saw ghosts or what. <laughs> it might be. It might be. I keep picturing myself in overalls just messing with clay. So um, I'm, I'm thinking, considering that to be a, a great outlet for myself. And then I have three sons. Right, so so as a mom, that's another thing, um, too. You know, you want to give your kids the best, and the reason I entered law enforcement anyway was for them to give them uh, a better life, right, than than what it could have been. And it was truly a blessing that I got in, um, even though it wasn't it wasn't my it wasn't my dream job. But it doesn't mean life is over, right? So, um, yeah, you you love family, you make memories, and you can't make memories when you're not there. Right. Uh, so, yeah, find something to do outside of work. You're going to need it. Do you guys have outlets? Uh, I did a lot of art and writing. 
think writing really helps sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You? Mm-hmm. I do dance. You do dance? That's mm-hmm. awesome. So you talked about writing, journal, journaling things is awesome. Get yeah. your thoughts out on paper. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what you meant by the A-type personality? Absolutely. Those are personalities that take charge, <laughs> consistently take charge. There's a thing in police work that's called command presence. And usually A-type personalities have no problem walking into a room and taking charge. So it's kind of not, I don't want to call it aggressive, but pretty assertive, if you will, um, mostly dominant. Pretty dominant personality types, yeah. I can't say that everybody on the police department um, is a type. I think I was saying before about the DISC, um, the DISC personality test that we took some years ago, dominant. Um, I want to say they were supportive, and I can't remember the I and the C, but those are different personality types that some people fall under. Um, and then you, with the police department as an organization, you want to use those different personality types to enhance whatever we're striving to do. So. Oh, so she, she had asked me if I had taken the DISC personality test, and I did, believe it or not. And I say that the reason why people, everybody on the department is not a D personality, because I was not. I was a CI, and I just remembered what the C and the I was. That's like cautious and interpersonal. And on that, I guess it's a scale or whatever kind of gram it is, they're actually kind of opposite of one another. Funny thing about that is one of the sergeants at the time, I wasn't a sergeant, I was an officer at the time I took the test, called it. He was like, you're going to be a CI, and he was 100% right. I'm a type of individual that looks at policies and procedures because I want to be sure that we're doing things right. You got to remember you are liable for your actions, right? So when you go out there and you make an arrest, it has to be done in accordance to policies, procedures, and the law. Um, so I'm that person that's going to look and say, okay, policy says this, procedures say this, the law says this, and all officers should be, you know, are, are obviously doing that, but I'm, I guess I'm more honed in on that. And the interpersonal part is I do a lot of stuff, um, probably less now being where I am, but um, in terms of the community, I like to be out there in the community, even though I'm kind of an introvert, so it wears me out, like being in each, um, I still love it, so. How would you define success? Oh, it's funny you asked this question <laughs> because there, there was a sergeant that was, was talking about, about that. Um, hmm. Well, I would, and I don't know if this is going to directly answer it, but this is going to probably be a, maybe a segue into it. Um, I, would, I would say success is not necessarily position. It's not wrapped up like I have chevrons when I wear a uniform, right? Um, success and leadership, they're not wrapped up in a title. And I think it's standing in front of the title. I think that success is saying that you put your mind to do something and you accomplished it to the best of your ability. And you did it without um, hurting other people. You don't have to hurt other people to get to the top. You maintained your integrity the entire way through. And you maintained who you were. And I think that is success. I really do. Um, the world will throw you a million and one things and you're going to have to make a decision sometimes, especially if you go into that. It's going to be split-second decisions and it doesn't matter what occupation you choose. There will be a point in time, and I remember someone tell, there was a, he's a captain now, but he told me this when I had made the list to be a sergeant. I hadn't gotten promoted yet, but he took me to the side. He said, everybody has their turn in the frying pan, but you're going to have to make a decision, right? And that goes for whatever occupation. It is, and in that moment, can you maintain your integrity and do what you should do, regardless 
of, of the cost, right? So I think that is success. Not the titles, not the accolades, but when you stand and you look at yourself in the mirror, did you do everything that you could do to make someone's day well, go well, um, to do your job to the best of your ability? I think that's a really good philosophy to have because there are so many people who think that they need to... Um, a climb over everyone else, kick mm-hmm. them all down the ladder to get up, or think that like you need to be famous or rich to be successful. But I no. think that thinking the way that you do, that's really inspiring because not a lot of people do think like that, or not a lot of people right. really think like that. Mm-hmm. I think that that's one of the most important things to do. And, and I've, I've told people this before, too, in terms of leadership even. Um, some people will say because you have a title that you're a leader, and that's not necessarily true. There are some people that on my job that... Um, that have inspired me to want to do well, and I would follow them. And they don't—they don't wear chevrons. They're just—they're just an officer, but they do their job so well, and they talk to people with respect. And even in arresting people, leaving people with their dignity, and that is someone that you can follow. When you can see that in somebody, um, you you can follow. What's one of the most fascinating stories you've heard so far? On my job, or just in life? In life. That's a good one because I, I, I think I've heard quite quite a few. I really have. Um, I would say one of them. I have a brother who's in he's in law enforcement, um, and it, it, in spite of a series of event, unfortunate events that that dealt with his um, his, his career, and when this is what I mean by maintaining your integrity. Things went horribly wrong, and I'm not going to go into complete detail. But in, in the midst of it all, um, he, he held true to who he was. And, and he is a Christian, and he's a minister as well. And he held true to those standards. So in spite of all of the mess that was being thrown his way, he was able to, to maintain. And I think that was, that was pretty fascinating in, in regard to someone being able to um, keep their integrity intact. Because that can be hard to do. But... Um, when it comes to fascinating stories or wonderful stories um, for things that officers have done, um, I think in the public, not too long ago, maybe 2016, 2017, um, so we were over, and I'm saying we because it was my my squad, so I'll tell a story about my squad at the time. We were over the burn grant um, for... For KCPD, and it's part of KC Nova. So Nova is the Kansas City No Violence Alliance, and it's a collaborative effort to deal with violence here in Kansas City. So it incorporates the ATF, the FBI, the mayor's office, probation and parole. We have social services, and of course, the police department's a part of that too. And with this particular grant, we could see that there was a desperate need for not only employment but for resources uh, right in the heart of the city. So at 35th and Prospect. Um, right at the Emanuel Center. We did a huge project, it was a huge job fair, where we brought in um, we brought in resources, we had people that would give clothes to people so that they could interview right on the spot. So we had a couple of days that led up to it in terms of getting re- resumes, I'm gonna say resumes, that's not even a word, girl. Res- <laughs> we helped them build their resumes. We went over how to, um, how to interview with Catholic Charities, they were a part of it. Um, and then so it was, um, Senator Curl's office, they graciously helped us with that as well. Um, got them haircuts, if it were the ladies, we sent them with vouchers to go get their hair done, and then one day they came in and were able to interview for jobs right there on the spot. So, 
Um, what advice would you give to girls that are going to listen to this podcast? I'd say go for your dreams. I don't think there's anything that can stop you if you go for your dreams. I really think that if you have something that you want to do, who says that you can't do it? only person that can say that you can't accomplish your dreams and your goals is you. And if you are the problem, then you need to go get with somebody so it cannot be a problem anymore. But I definitely say the sky is the limit. Uh, not too long ago, there was, um, there was, I can't call her name right now, but she's now a, a, a chief of police somewhere, right? So you have women that are uh, breaking the glass ceiling all over the place. There's nothing that you can't accomplish um, with a little hard work and dedication and maintain your integrity the whole way through. But nothing can stop you unless it's you. You know, there was in this, uh, there was this poem, it's called If, by uh, Kipling. Now, this poem is, is talking about a, a young man, but I, I often relate it to anybody, right? And uh, basically, he's saying, if you, can, if you can walk with kings and you can walk with people at the lower level and you don't treat either one of them any different, Right? If you can maintain your virtue, if you can lose everything and not ever breathe a word about it, but then stoop down with worn-up tools and rebuild it, right? If you can do some of these things and you can maintain that integrity, he says to, to the young man, but I'm going to say it to, to, to young women, that everything in the earth is yours, right? You can do it. You, you, can, you can do it. There, you're going to be met with opposition no matter what job you choose. There are going to be moments in time where you're going to second-guess, there are going to be a lot of issues that may arise. Sometimes you, you're not going to accomplish exactly what, what you want to, but it doesn't make you unsuccessful. It doesn't. Uh, you're going to have those setbacks, and it's okay. The question is, is when you have a setback, can you keep on going? Right? Perseverance is huge. It just is. If you, if, if you quit, you'll never know what it could be. Right. If you if, if in one moment somebody tells you that you can't and you take them at their word and you don't keep going, then, then that actually that that lies with you. The reason why that you didn't accomplish that goal. Right. But you're going to have those moments in time where you're going to second guess everything that you've done to the point to where you're going to wonder if you should keep on going. And I'm going to tell you when that moment comes, it's a lie. It is a lie and you're going to make it and you're going to have to walk through it and you're going to have to persevere and you will come out better. When you were younger, what was the first job that you considered? Let me take some. When I was younger, my my world was filled with, with butterflies and bubbles. Okay, I don't know what I was thinking at the time. But one of the, the first things that I was interested in, I want to say, uh, first two things. Uh, I always thought uh, ministry was cool because I grew up in a um, I was a military brat, so my dad was in the Air Force for 20 years, mm -hmm. so we traveled a lot, but he was also in ministry, so um, that, was, that was an area that I was interested in. But then I, I became interested in the sciences, and I thought epidemiology was the place, so I wanted to study diseases. What exactly does a sergeant do? Um, a sergeant is going to supervise whether you be in the field, so... As a patrol sergeant, you supervise the officers as they're taking calls for service. Those 911 calls, you supervise those. You approve reports. Um, you, 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 can, you can act as a cheerleader as well and, and, and everything else. But those are your main jobs to ensure that the officers are getting their job done and that they have what they need to get, those job, to get that job done. 
Um, now, in investigations, it's a tad bit different. So I'm in the Investigations Bureau um, under LERC, which is the Law Enforcement Resource Center. We just moved there. Um, my job is to supervise the detectives as we look at, at groups or, or gangs, feuds, trends, and stuff like that. Is there anything you miss about being an officer? Yeah, it is, actually. You know, um, I haven't been in the field in a little while. And those, where I'm at now, you, you're, you're in the office a little bit more than, than, than when you're in the field. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you, you miss the, that one-on-one -on -one interaction with, with the citizens. And I'm huge on getting out there so that they can see my face and they can know that I'm actually here to help you. One of the things that I always stress is um, we're, we're here to help people. We're here to protect and serve and, and making sure that we leave people uh, with a sense of dignity and respect, even 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 suspects, right? So you, you can arrest somebody and leave them with their dignity. And I think that we try to be pretty good on, on doing that. But that's something I definitely stress as a supervisor. But as a patrol officer, um, I love being out there with the people. Not necessarily the calls. I, th I thought those were sad. Those can, can weigh on you. You know, um, but even for a little bit of time, you're there to give relief t to people who are who are broken and hurting. Because that's what it is. You know, when when you see something like that, you gotta know that they're they're broken, hurting people. So, do you all typically feel empowered? And if you do, how so? And if not, what can be done to to change that? Sometimes it's kind of hard to feel empowered around mm -hmm. a super male-dominated society. There's so mm -hmm. many people. Even if you get a leg up. You might take one step down because mm -hmm. just because of anything. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the time, there's like rude comments in places too that can yeah. make you feel bad. But I think we can change that by changing people's general opinions, especially mm -hmm. uh, women who have like internalized um, their feelings and are they they think that they need to serve men mm -hmm. uh, to feel bad. I've seen a lot of that, and it makes mm -hmm. me sad. But I think that if we can start changing people like that and changing. Um, some of men's opinions, then we can definitely start to feel a lot more empowered as women. I think you make a good point um, in terms of internalizing things. I think, um, see, I, I think women are beautiful for that, you know, being able to, to hold things, but it can also be a, a double-edged sword, you know. Um, there's, I would say there's a time and a place for everything, right? There is a time where you must be assertive. And when you're in positions, especially in a male-dominated environment, there is a time where you have to assert yourself and, 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 and don't hesitate to do it. Um, don't feel bad when you, when you have to do it. Otherwise, you run the risk of having to internalize it and then have to deal with that when you, when you go home. In, in terms of, of lifting one another up um, instead of tearing each other down, that's huge. Um, that's, that is, that, that's really huge because I think a lot of times we do do that. We will badmouth another another woman or, you know, uh, join in on a conversation. I'm huge on, uh, there are three things I tell people that, that work for me and that I work around that I, that I don't like. I don't like the rumor mill because it tears people down. Um, I don't like a bunch of nonsense and mess. You know, some people can be real messy. They're always involved in a bunch of mess. Um, and I don't like disrespect, right? So those are three things that people know usually. If we have a sit-down conversation, you're going to hear these three things come out of my mouth. Um, but they're destructive and they're divisive. Um, and, and 
you know, when, when you're dealing with, with a bunch of women, sometimes that, that they want to go that route, but you have to be that, that voice that says, no, I think that there's beauty in, in every woman. And you begin to point that out and it'll change the narrative in that room. Um, with, with being on for 14 years, uh, and having had the people that have come into my life, I ain't gonna say I haven't had bad moments. I ha I think I have, but by and large, there have been, uh, great support from some of those women that some of them just reached out to me, you know, so it, it helped along the way. <laughs> There'd be another thing I tell young ladies. <laughs> I think you all are awesome. I'm so grateful to sit down with you all. I really am. It gets me to thinking about what I, what I need to be doing. I like young minds. They're beautiful. Thank you for agreeing to talk with us. You have a lot of good things to say. I hope so. I hope so. I'm always willing to share anything that I that I know. And that's the other thing. What you find out, what you learn, be willing to share it. You know, anything that I learn about things in life, I always run back. My boys are some of the first ones I go to. Hey, did you know A, B, and C? You know, and, and, and there were women, like I said, on my job. They would come back and tell me things that I needed to know. So always be, be willing to do the same in return for others.